0: Hi, and welcome back to Season 2 of the Girls Who Gather podcast, a podcast sharing women's stories from a diverse range of backgrounds and stages of life, highlighting the way they are building community, empowering other women, and walking out their calling. We are so glad you've decided to tune in. Our hope for launching this podcast is to extend the voice of Gather beyond the physical spaces where we meet in our cities, campuses, and apartments we want to make our content even more accessible to all of you with an incredible diversity of feminine voices we want to create a catalog of stories testimonies and inspirational content that you and your friends can always return to we will also be announcing gathered news updates and other exciting events coming up on this platform Stay tuned for more from us as we journey through this next season together. And as you listen, we encourage you to lean in and learn from some truly incredible women.
1: So Jessica Hudson is a certified pediatric sleep consultant at Sleep Shop with a passion for helping families create a happy and healthy home through sleep. As the mom of three children, Jessica quickly learned the importance of good sleep for the health of her babies, her own health, and her marriage. They all thrive when everyone is well-rested. Though each child had a very different personality, they all responded positively to routine and learning to self-soothe. With her first child, Jessica experienced some postpartum anxiety and depression, as well as breastfeeding issues, and they often go hand in hand a researcher at heart thanks to journalism background she immersed herself in studying health and wellness over the years she's learned even more about the value of sleep on health as well as other tips and tricks for staying healthy as a busy mom using nutrition to increase milk supply and helping moms get the energy they all need to survive with little ones her knowledge is a gift to so many including us and we're excited to just chat about this idea of sleep and how we can be better at it so jess we're so excited to have you on the podcast welcome thank you thank you so much i'm stoked (laughs) to be here i love it Uh, We're so excited. So um, I am just, you know, we we love to just start with a little bit on the upbringing of our guests. So we'd love to know where you're from and sort of uh, about how you were raised and if that had anything to do, you feel like, with sort of what you're passionate about now. So. Yeah. Tell us about where you're from. Um, so I'm kind
2: of from all over. We moved around a lot growing up. Uh, my dad was transferred a lot for his job, but I primarily grew up probably in Idaho, I would say, for the most part. Um, and I have one brother, mom and dad, um, pretty average upbringing. I would say um, kind of health and wellness was always a, you know, something that we paid attention to. It was something that I was interested in early on, just um, exercise, um, nutrition, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that was always a part of my life. Uh, but it kind of became a bigger part later on. Um, I went Mm -hmm. to university of Oregon for college and I came to orange County right after. And, um, yeah, definitely health and wellness is a big thing here. Uh, (laughs) Um, you go anywhere else and you're like, wow, like it, it is crazy. So, um, so yeah, pretty average upbringing. And then, you know, I married into a family like, you know, my husband's one of eight. So wow, big family, lots of people. Um, <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Whenever I visit California, there's like food and products and things that I'm like, "What in the world? Like a wheatgrass shot? Like what is going on? Why are we putting this in a blender and like drinking it? Like okay, but
2: I, I guess yeah. sure, it, yeah, um, but it's, it's a different uh, world so for funny. sure. And so now when <laughs> we travel other places, yeah. it's almost hard to kind of maintain, you know. And I'll, I'll explain yeah. later, but you know, for my own personal health, I have to eat very clean and healthy and traveling is really hard. It's crazy right. how different mm-hmm. different areas of the United States are. Um yeah. so, you know, Orange County especially is yeah. definitely a bubble. And when yeah. we moved to the town we're in, it wasn't do you work out, it's where do you work out? Mm-hmm. And it, which wow. is yeah, right. <laughs> <I know>. yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. Being from the South, that's very yeah. like I think and I
2: think I was like nine months pregnant. Yeah. I was like, nope, no pressure. Right. <laughs>
1: Wow. That's a good point. That's very true. Yeah,
2: it is a bubble for sure, but also from Orange County can
1: attest.
3: So we would love to hear a little bit how you got into the sleep industry, so to speak. So you really went after this as a researcher and a journalist to like learn about all the different aspects of it. Um, but it seems like it was something pretty emotional that led you into wanting to understand more about sleep and its impacts. So, can you tell us a little bit more about both of those? Yeah.
2: So, I would say, um, as far as sleep consultants go, a lot of moms, you know, get into it because they had a great experience. They want to help other moms and the babies. And I would say mine differs because it is such a personal uh, part of my journey. Um, I had my first child and was hit hard with postpartum anxiety. It was really difficult. And at the time, there wasn't like Instagram and Facebook, there wasn't a lot out there. There were like mommy blogs. But even then, it was really hard to find information. Um, part of the reason I really struggled too, was I struggled to to breastfeed. And you guys are young, you don't know. <laughs> it's a super stressful. There's a lot of pressure on moms. And so mm. when addressing both things, the postpartum anxiety and also nursing, one thing that every doctor, every consultant will tell you is you need more sleep. Um, So I'm more of a why, uh, you know, if you go to the doctor and they're like, here, take this, it'll make you feel better. And then I'm saying, you know, no, does that fix the problem? Or does that just make it feel better temporarily? I want to know why I need to sleep and what that's going to do and how that's going to affect me. So that was kind of my first dive into all of that. And then just going through the process with my own son. And then shortly after having another child, and it was so different, but wanting to help him build that foundation um, for his health, but also for my marriage. Um, you know, if you're up all night and not getting that time with your spouse, it's it's detrimental to your own health, it's detrimental to your relationships. Um, so I just felt like that was so important and that's kind of what initially helped me get into it. Um, and then later in life, I don't know, I, I was um, f- three years ago, um, I got really sick and I was um, diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease in addition to a few other things. And and that, you know, helped me dive even deeper into sleep, why it's so beneficial and why our bodies need it so much. So two pretty huge parts of my life, um, that played a big role in why I
1: am who I am. But, um, sleep was a huge part of, uh, healing both. Yeah. So, so we know that you had a bit of a journalism and a research background that kind of, and that helped you gain this knowledge, learn more about this, but can you tell us a little bit about just what like pursuing? Okay. So I know this is an issue. I see that this is affecting me. I want to learn more about it. How did you go from, you know, being a mom who was struggling with this into like?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, when I had my first and, you know, and and moms will see this, there's so much information out out there. There's so many different books. Uh, So I just, as far as like the research, you know, I just, like I said, I wanted to fix it. That's, you know, researching, let me fix this. Um, And so finding little pieces from each expert, finding what worked for me. Uh, and creating something that could help. All babies are so different, just like every person is. Every you know, adult is so different, and they all respond to things differently. So I was, I wanted to get to the why, so that I could then be able to help all three of my kids, who were all very, very different. Um, rather than just you know reading one book that's very black and white, and also leaves. A lot of room for questions. There's a, a popular book, it's um, called Baby Wise, and it's a super popular sleep book. And in the back, there's like a Q&A section. And I remember like, just trying to find my question, and I couldn't find my question, uh, because there's only so much they can fit in the book. So I loved mm-hmm. just learning, like I said, about the why the reason why and also knowing why that sleep uh, foundation was so important. And then it just became something where, you know, I helped one other friend and then, you know, she's like, Hey, you need to talk to Jess. Or like I said, you know, I have lots of sister-in-laws, you know, and they, you know, Hey Jess, what do I do? How do I do this? And as a mom, there's nothing more fulfilling than helping another mom Mm -hmm. and seeing just how it helps their whole family thrive. So it really became a friend of a friend and, you know, relatives. And then, uh, about four or five years ago, I met Melissa Brown who founded sleep shop consulting. And Mm -hmm. she kept saying, you need to come on, you need to work. You should be getting paid for this, (laughs) you know, all that. And I hesitated because it really was just a a hobby, a passion. Um, but my, all my kids were going back to school and they were going to be there all day. So I jumped in and it's been the greatest blessing. Um, to, you know, one, like be paid for something you love so much, but also to, you know, get the texts or the calls just saying, you know, this changed my family's lives. And, um, but on the other end too, being able to talk to moms who are really, really struggling and in a place Mm -hmm. where I've been before and to be able to help them just feels so good. So Mm -hmm. good. Yeah.
3: That's awesome. That's really um, encouraging to hear. So like you just mentioned, you know, sleep is so important to health and something that we all uh, could probably improve on. Um, So do you think you could tell us a little bit more about some of your like practical tips and tricks for either getting more sleep or getting better sleep? Um, Not all of us are moms or married, um, but, you know, definitely need sleep. I know for me, like I will go like four or five good days and then just throw it with like a three or four in the morning and then like, you know what I mean? And it's like, why did I do
2: that? No. (laughs) Um, Yeah, totally. I worked in the, you know, I was an event planner for a long time and, you know, would go into these corporate meetings and I did this for 15 years and I would walk in and it was almost like a competition. Like who got the least amount of sleep? Like, oh, you know, I only slept three hours. And, And it was, and I feel like a lot of people are similar. It's something that really is like, I feel like being become very detrimental to people's health because the sleep is so connected with the diet, the exercise, overall health. Um, I think it's it's almost the thing you should start with. Because when you get a good night's sleep, you're more likely to exercise, you're more likely to eat healthy. Um, you have a sharper memory, you know, this, these men in this meeting, bragging about how little they sleep they got. I'm like, Dude, jokes on you. <laughs> you're like you're going to be you're not going <laughs> yeah, to be nearly as sharp. You're not going to be nearly as good at your job. Um, you know, you should be bragging about how much sleep you did get because you're going to you're going to be better. So, um I think there's, you know, there's super simple things you can do and it's funny because a lot of them do tie into like when I'm working with babies. Um, I always use like my husband as, as an excuse and I'm like, you know, don't be like Luke, you know, Luke doesn't sleep well and here's why. You know, he goes to bed a different time each night and wakes up a different time each morning. Our bodies were made to be in a rhythm. The The sun and the moon, all of those things, it is a rhythm. That is our circadian rhythm. Um, it's why when it's dark, our body produces melatonin. When it's light, it reduces. So by going to bed the same time each night, waking up the same time each morning, you will sleep better. Um, you know, so that's one thing. We've become far too addicted to our screens and I'm always guilty too, but that blue light is so detrimental to our sleep. Um, so, you know, being off of that at least an hour before bedtime, um, not only does it better for your melatonin production, but also kind of helps you quiet your mind. Um, so those types of things also, you know, eating close to bed. And this is what I work with families on too. The sleep time is your body's time to rest and repair. And if it's using all its energy digesting, it's not going to be able to maximize what it gets done. So, um, you know, stopping your food intake a couple hours before bed can help too. Um, All those, you know, I'm sure a lot of people hear all these tips and, and things like that. And it's hard to do and it's hard to do regularly, but it really does make an impact not only on falling asleep, but staying asleep and also achieving the quality sleep that you need um, where all the good stuff happens.
1: Yeah. All of that is so helpful and just practical. I think we just sleep tends to be the thing that we just kind of like negate. Cause it's not as, you know, I don't, cause it doesn't necessarily sh- exercise like shows what you eat, like right. shows itself on your body. Sleep does too, I'm sure, but a little bit different than just like commitment to going to the gym or commitment to like eating certain yeah. things and how that affects different, you know,
2: right right but even like you know with the eating if you don't get enough sleep right you're going to eat more and you're going to eat worse because your body doesn't get that signal that it's full and
1: it's also craving yeah. worse food for you yeah. I love what you said about just like there is I, living in New York it's like almost it's same thing it's like a game it's a it's a topic of conversation where like we're competing against who's busy mm-hmm. who's getting less sleep and who's you know not resting as much and who had the craziest work day and that's like this weird sort of you know dynamic of now i'm i feel like it's i'm not as productive or as um efficient or as successful if i'm getting rest because it means that i'm not i'm using those hours to work or using those hours to do what i need to do what would you just speaking a little more on that like what would you say to um you know to people who maybe are sort of wrestling against this because i know that this is something that i definitely feel where i'm like i I will sacrifice sleep in order to get things done. And, um, I'm almost like not ashamed by it. And I just, you know, but, but I know that that's not healthy for me. And so is there, do you have any just like wisdom or practical tips on how to sort of address that in yourself for, of like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think, I think it's like a lot of things it's
2: You need to do it now while you have a choice before it's not your choice anymore. Like for me, a few years ago, it became not my choice. You know, I was having to sleep 18 hours a day literally to get better. The and I think if people knew more, and it's still a very early science, but if they knew about what happens when they're sleeping, um, you know, there is fluid between your brain and your skull that literally it's all the toxins, it's all the waste from your brain. Mm and it's not released. It's not drained until you're sleeping. Mm. Um, so all of that's building up and then that's where you get memory loss. You get Alzheimer's, you get all of these things Mm. where of course, yeah, run around, you're in your twenties, your thirties, like you can make it work, but at the end of the day, you're going to pay for it at some point. Um, when you're asleep, especially between 10 PM and 2 AM, your body does so much restorative work. That's when wow. growth hormone is released. So for babies, that growth hormone is, you know, what's helping them grow and develop. But for us, especially women my age, what might help them to know is that growth hormone is also your anti-aging tool. So wow. literally, it's not only helping you with, you know, be better with your diet and exercise and brain, memory, all of that, but it's an anti-aging tool. It's it's literally repairing your body. Um mm-hmm. So I think if people understood more what's happening while you're asleep and how imperative it is to overall health, I think that that would help with, you know, the good habits. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we're just, you know, pushing ourselves so hard that then it, you have to wait until it's, it's too late. Yeah. But we're so bombarded with toxins in our environment wow. and everything that in order for your body to like release them and... To repair itself and clean up, Mm -hmm. basically, you Mm -hmm. need to be asleep, and you need to be in the you know the right stage of sleep.
1: Wow, that's so so helpful. Ten p.m. It's Uh.
2: it's it's easy to like lay there and feel guilty. And I remember, like when I was sick, I would be like, "Nope," I just kept repeating, Mm -hmm. "Rest and repair, rest and repair, rest and repair." Like in my head, you know, because you we're just conditioned to feel guilty about
1: sleeping. Yeah, no, that's so good. So. So what does your day-to-day look like in this sort of consulting job for sleep? Like, what, does that look like you're, you're just hearing, you know, cases of different families and just helping mm-hmm. them with their specific instances? Or can you tell us a little bit more about like, yeah, what yeah. job um, actually looks like? So for mine, for us,
2: like we do more one-on-one consulting. Okay. So rather than a class or a book or whatever, it's uh, working with families one-on-one, which I mm-hmm. love. Um, I work with families all over the world. Um yeah. And so we do. I do more like intake information, of really getting to know the family. Yeah. Um. Because, like I said, each baby is different, but also in order for a parent to be successful, they have to be consistent, and which means they have to be super comfortable with the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's getting to know the family, and then from there, I create a sleep plan for them. That's cool. you know tailored just to them and their needs, their baby, their age developmentally, where they're at. Um, and their lifestyle, um, because a lot of people associate, they think sleep training is cried out, and mm. you know, and, and which it's not. It, it's about teaching a baby independent sleep. So, you know, you and I throughout the night, we wake up between sleep cycles and we just seamlessly fall back asleep, or this is where some people do struggle. Um, so, just teaching them to do that. So, I work with families, you know, across the spectrum, you know, whether they're co sleeping and nursing all night or they want their baby sleeping in three nights. Um, right. and then I create a plan for them, a schedule, step-by-step instructions, but really it's mostly in the one-on-one mm. talking throughout the day, each day, checking in, making tweaks and adjustments just to get their baby where they need to be. Um, so yeah, so it, it's great. I work with, like I said, I mean, I just finished with a client in Dubai. I have a lot of wow. my clients are in New York, wow. um, Paris. Yeah. So it, it's, yeah, it's so awesome. And it's like, it, so fun to get to know different families and mm-hmm. their lifestyles and all of that and then again to you know kind of feel like a part of the family and yeah. to see them really transform over the process.
1: Wow. That's so cool.
2: Yeah, wow. no, it's super fun. And no, nothing I ever thought would be. It was very yeah. organic the way it happened. Yeah. 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 Yes. Um so this question
3: yeah. is it's kind of along the same lines but I came from a family with a very almost militant sleep schedule. My parents slept from nine to five every day. Like that's what it was. My mom would be up and like doing the blender at five in the morning. If you woke up, that was on you fall back (laughs) asleep. Like I'm vacuuming. I do not care. Like you deal with it. I'm not, this is not a drill. Like I called them the other day at like eight fifteen, and they're just wide awake. Like, what are they doing? We have no idea. Um, But you can imagine how some of this like shifted when I went to college. Like, okay, not everybody's like this. And like, so like, you know, this is how you sleep. And so how would you recommend like, because sometimes there was an attitude of like, well, we're better, like, this is like a better way to sleep um, because it's so early. And so like on this kind of almost like military schedule of like waking up really early. Um, But that's just not how everybody does it. And so how would you... No like recommend like some people their natural rhythm is to stay up later um so like thinking forward to like a future partner or dealing with roommates that have opposite schedules um yeah. how what is your
2: recommendations there yeah so i mean there's definitely like, like I, every family is so different every child is so different um a lot of the families i work with especially in europe they want a later schedule, they operate more of a like, you know, so a lot of babies I work with here, they're sleeping 7pm to 7am, they mm-hmm. want more of a like nine to nine. So we try to integrate that, you know, naturally, the body rhythm is more, especially for babies is more of a waking between six and seven, or mm-hmm. between six and eight. So we do everything we can, I would say any small improvement. And, and, and if that's working for you, that's great. You know, I have plenty of families where they don't want to follow everything. You know, they need, you need to find what works for you and what's, and a lot of it too is, you know, mental. If maybe you're thinking, hey, I can't wind down, I can't fall asleep till later, then that's fine. If you're able to fall asleep and, you know, get that eight hours in, that's great. And I I think everyone is wired a little bit differently for sure. Um, And I do think the body probably adjusts, Mm -hmm. you know, so if if you're not normally asleep between 10 and two, surely, you know, I, I would imagine the body will slowly transform to what your natural rhythm is Mm. as far as getting that kind of rest and repair. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's hard. And, and I, you know, especially with moms, I do see a lot of comparison and Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of judgment and stuff, but like every, Mm. literally every family is so different. You know, I have a lot of families that work with where, Mom doesn't get home from work till seven thirty, or right. neither of the parents, and so it's not feasible for the baby to go to bed at seven or seven thirty. Yeah. They need time. So yeah. okay, you have to make it work for you too. So I have kind of an, a tangent yeah. question:
3: How do you feel about co sleeping, or like, do you think that's because I know that's like kind of always a conversation, at least amongst my friends that are already moms?
2: Um, so is that something you yeah, recommend, I mean, or is it like? Ah, I I can never recommend it because of like SIDS and, you right. know, uh, safety issues. Right. So it's something where if I'm working with a family, that's fine, but you can't have any pillows in the bed. You can't have any blankets on the bed. Um, but a lot of, for a lot of families, it works fine. And like, as a mom, like you see, like you just, ha- if it works for you, if it's, t- if your baby sleeps well, if it's fine for your marriage, that's totally fine. I think, you know, and with everything from feeding them to where they sleep to how they play to where they go to school, there's Mm -hmm. all these things and sleep is one of them. So I would never encourage a mom to do sleep training my way, unless that's something they really want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, but I do think it is a it becomes sort of a survival (sighs) thing, too, you know, if the baby's up, Oh, you just bring them in. They can just feed them there, and I totally that happens, and that's understandable.
1: Wow. so just another like, just practical question. Do you have any just tips for like any anything you recommend for like if it, if someone's having trouble falling asleep, or just like even creating a a sleep schedule that makes sense to health in their life? Like if because I know a lot of us like when we do have these crazy lives and these busy schedules, and also now by added looking at a screen all the time and be having to, you know, having to be in front of a screen now that we're working from home, a lot of us and just, it's kind of, uh, and maybe even not having as much physical activity or getting outside as much like, um, so yeah, do you have any, I, I guess it's a two part question. One, uh, just practical wisdom for, for getting to bed. And then two, like in this sort of time period of the world and of our lives, um, and navigating this new shift in our normal, um, Yeah. Do you have anything to speak into just, um, it's so helpful to our circadian rhythms,
2: even first thing in the morning, getting out, getting some real sunlight or being outside is a great way to kind of let your body know, okay, the day is starting now. So you do just want to kind of get into this rhythm and then like, you know, definitely being active if you can, but a big part is slowing your mind down in the evening. So it looks, you know, Things like exercise, eating properly, all of that is going to help with your melatonin production just in general. Um, But other things can be sleep cues. So having the same nightly routine that you do, um, that can be a good signal to your brain like, hey, it's sleep time. Um, It will help with kind of releasing that melatonin. Um, There are so many great apps and things right now for doing a quick meditation. And meditation doesn't have to be this overwhelming thing. Um, but it is so helpful in slowing your mind down and getting to the point that it can fall asleep. So that type of thing is super helpful. I think there's even a headspace is putting something out on Amazon. I think it comes out tomorrow. Um, so, and I'm curious to see that, but I got the hatch, um, clock. Uh, they, they used to make like the baby one, but now they have one for adults and it's great because it has like a light and then it slowly dims. And then you listen to a quick meditation that again is totally guided. It's not, I think a lot of people have a misconception about meditation that it's like this deep, you know, very complex thing, but it's simply just, you know, just a way to wind down. Um, The other thing that can be helpful too is taking a warm bath or shower. So um, our body temperatures drop when we fall asleep or when we get into early into sleep cycles. So taking a bath or a shower can help your body do that because we temperature goes up when you're there, and then as soon as you get out, it starts to drop. Mm-hmm. Um, and likewise, having your room nice and cool for sleep because we're in a REM cycle, our final you know, part of, stage of the sleep cycle, our body temperatures rise, and sometimes that can make it uncomfortable for people and harder to fall back asleep. So to easily transition from one cycle to the next, having it nice and cool can be helpful too. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a random one, but yeah, mm-hmm. um, that's great. So yeah, but I think I think for a lot of people, it's literally just kind of quieting their minds, and that can be super helpful. Um, there's you know different supplements, the calm supplement. Um, I actually just recommended to Maggie's dad because a lot of people who have like restless leg syndrome or things like that, having a hard time kind of like with their bodies, um, magnesium can really help with falling asleep, but also kind of with that muscle fatigue.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, Um, so as you might know, we are currently in a season called be well with gather and, um, we just, you know, you've provided a lot of really helpful concrete tips throughout our, chat today, but if there was anything else that you wanted to talk about as far as the connection between sleep and overall wellness and how we can not be sleep martyrs and try to compete over <laughs> who's getting the least amount of sleep. Um, but if there's anything else you had there on that point. No,
2: I just think it's one of the most underutilized Pieces of health and wellness, um, and whether you're looking to lose weight, or be sharper, or have better workouts, or just in general be well, the sleep component has to be a part of it. Um, and I do think for your overall well being and lifespan, and what's you know coming ahead as we get older, mm-hmm. uh, it's just so valuable. And just taking a little bit of time to get into those healthy habits Mm -hmm. can make such a big difference.
3: Well, in college, I had a pretty acute onset of just some different mental health things. And the doctor was like, this is because of a lack of sleep. Mm -hmm. This is a prolonged lack of sleep that is now like... Pushed you basically to the edge of this, um, and so that was a huge wake up call. Of right? Like, okay, yeah. you need to be def- you need to be defensive about this. Like, you know, just tell people like I have to go to bed is
2: one of the best excuses ever to get out of totally, bed. totally. And if you just think about <laughs> it, like, to sleep. Think of those sorry, toxins <laughs> leaving your brain. Like, picture it, visualize it, and as, as falling asleep, it's like you really need something to help you. You know, picture your body yeah. restoring itself.
3: Yeah, I don't Uh, have any issues falling asleep. I fall asleep (laughs) kind of like a tired puppy, like just like die, but it's more so getting (laughs) to bed and actually going to bed. Yes, yes, yeah.
1: Yeah, It's stopping what we need
3: to
2: do. Exactly, it's hard. Yeah, and I think that's the hardest part for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been so good and so practically helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just so grateful for you and you just taking the time out of your day to to talk oh with God. us. And I think that, you know, everyone listening has now some really practical tools for <laughs> moving God. into sleep and just getting better sleep and taking on health in this way. So thank you so much for being with us and sharing your story. Yes, and just you. I love that, you know, in what's woven through your story is just like something very personal to you that you were passionate about that you wanted to see other people have freedom from too, which I think is so cool that you were, you didn't just stop with like, once you learned what you needed for you, you went beyond yourself and really helped community around you. And so I just think that's a really, really neat story and really love what you do. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you. That, that so, so fun. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yay.
0: To all our listeners, thank you once again for tuning in. We hope you feel loved and encouraged by today's content. Be sure to stay tuned for more exciting updates and our Gather news on our Instagram, at Girls Who Gather, as well as our website, www.thegirlshogather.com. Also, remember to share and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Be on the lookout for season updates, announcements, merch, media, meetups, and more. There is always something for you to be involved in and a place to belong. You are so loved. Until next time, bye gather girls!